Welcome back to What's on Your Mind. I'm Dr. Gene Bresson. And I'm Dr. Steve Schlossman. And we're child psychiatrists at the Clay Center for Young Healthy Minds at the Massachusetts General Hospital. Here's what we'll talk about today. Well, here we are, holiday season again. And today we're going to be talking about why we're drawn to holiday movies. You know, some of these movies are hokey. Uh, some so, of them, so they're all hokey. They're all hokey. Yeah, We've seen them a thousand times, but you know, there's something about them that kind of always brings smiles, tears, n- nostalgia. So, Steve, you're the expert in, in pop culture. What 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 is it about holiday movies that you know makes them so special every year? Oh my goodness! What is it that doesn't? I mean, so <laughs> so let let's back up. I, I caveats are in order here. Uh, first of all, a movie has to be really bad for me not to enjoy it. So so I just want to put that on the table. Having said that, I think the movies that come out around the holidays are are super special for all the reasons you just said. They're filled with nostalgia. They're filled with kind of warm, fuzzy feelings. They're like the stuff of corny hot chocolate and warm socks. I know that sounds dumb, but that's why we watch them. And so what we did today is we we chose four movies from really four different decades that are surprisingly similar and surprisingly show up on your TV screen every winter. Over and over again. So the first one we, we, we saw – was um, a Charlie Brown's Christmas, and I happened to be able to see that with my two five-year-old grandchildren. It was amazing. I mean, you know, we we know that Charlie Brown is depressed, and he's depressed because Christmas is so commercial, and he wants to understand how it can be more than that. And when I talked to my little granddaughter, I said, so what do you think about that? And she said, I don't know why all the kids are mean to Charlie Brown. That's he's, what my daughter said. He's my only trying. Yeah. He's only trying to do the right thing. <laughs> right. You know, it's, the other thing my daughter was bothered by is, is uh, this just an utter aside is like, why is Pigpen so dirty? She's, she's like, he, he, does the guy ever bathe? So you know, he's called Pigpen for a reason. It's it's so funny because we take this stuff for granted, but the, those cartoons are are kind of new to kids right now. Well, and, but you know, I think they take they what they do is they capture different kinds of kids. I mean, they're kids who are slobs and. Or you know, don't care about kicking up dust, and their kids who are like Schroeder is like into you know art and precision and Beethoven, Beethoven. you know, and then the kids like Lucy, who's very full of herself, like who's like, a shrink, by the way. And my granddaughter right. said, you know, yeah. well, she can be pretty kind of, you know, uh, she knows everything she thinks, she thinks, <laughs> right, but she really doesn't. Well, this is one of the few specials around the Peanuts cartoons. Where Charlie Brown gets it right from beginning to end. He does, and he gets it right with this teeny tiny Christmas tree, which everybody said was was oh. just garbage. And then they made it into something special, and they all sang together at the end. Of course, Vince Guaraldi is an do, icon do, in jazz, do, and do, do, yeah. do, do, do. We, everybody can dance we, we like can't that. For, we can't forget that. Uh, so you know, the other thing I really love about it is um, when they tell Charlie Brown to go get a, a Christmas tree because he's the director at first of the show, <laughs> and no one will listen to him. <laughs> And and they say go get one of those really great ones, you know, a green one or a pink one or a purple one, like like these aluminum Christmas trees, which are horrific, which are everything you don't want for the season. And this is coming from a nice Jewish boy, but but I I want a Christmas tree, and he comes back with the perfect choice. Right, right. Okay, Lena, let's move on. Uh, Steve, you wanted to see a Christmas story. I I love <laughs> a Christmas story. I you know it's funny. I this movie. 
you got to muscle through it with the kids because it's paced differently. It's based on a short story by Gene Shepard, who is a great short story writer, passed away not too long ago. He wrote a collection of short stories called Wanda Hickey's Night of Golden Memories, and this is one of the short stories in it. Christmas stories about a little boy who wants more than anything else a Red Ryder BB gun that his dad and mom say no because you'll shoot your eye out and this goes on and on. There is a very famous thing that involves a tongue and a cold flagpole where the kid is dared to stick his tongue to a flagpole and he gets stuck there for a while. It, you know, to me, it's all of the stress more than anything else. This movie is all of the stress that surrounds the holidays. Yeah. And and somehow though they pull it off, right? And, and and it's also about the stress of growing up. I mean, Frankie, you know, the the little star. You know, the cool thing about it is they they see the reality, and then they show images of Frankie's fantasy view of 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 reality. Right. How he would see. So like, it's really the way we all live. We all right. live through our own fantasies. Right. And you know, <laughs> I, I got to say, you know, the, there is that moment when his little brother has so much stuff on so many um you know, coats and wraps on that he falls over and he can't get back up. It was so when I was a kid, we used to do that on purpose after we saw that movie. That movie, by the way, is playing around the clock, twenty four seven, I think on TNT this year. It's on Christmas Day. So it's it's not as if people don't still flock to this show yeah. even if it is paced funny. And it does have things that appeal to other kids, the animal farm quality of, you know, the hierarchy of kids Some and a- the bullying animals are more equal than others. Yeah, and, right. And, and and Frankie ends up beating up the bully. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> Finally, uh, finally you right, know. right. Yeah, God blesses everyone. <laughs> it's, right. it's great. It's a really fun movie. You know, I should mention my friend Peter Newberry here, who actually owns the lamp that's in that movie, the one really? with the lady's foot. He has one in his in his living room that he oh, bought I... online. So, <laughs> it's kind of funny. So uh, the next one is Elf, and um, I love Elf. Well, one thing I, I I get distracted in some of these movies with the music. I mean, not just Vince Guaraldi in uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, but you know, in Elf, you've got Leon Redbone, who's the snowman. You've got Ray Charles. You've got Frank Sinatra. I mean, it's just the mu- the music is. Just... You get that gr- great scene with Zoe Deschanel singing "Baby, It's Cold Outside." I bought, I bought, I, I, after that film, when I saw it for the gazillionth time, I bought the soundtrack. <laughs> you know, one of the things about Elf that's so special for me is the whole notion that believing is better than seeing. I think that was the statement that uh, Elf's girlfriend said when they were all in Central Park and Santa Claus was really coming. And so it really is true that our belief in things is much more important than actually seeing. I don't care if you're from the Hoosier state or – but, you know, I right. think belief really no, that's, trumps, I mean, that's, trumps that's seeing. The theme. And actually what's, what's awfully fun about a lot of these – we get – there's other ones, Miracle on 34th Street, all those things. At the end of the day, it's the belief that allows you to see it. I mean that that's kind of the, what they're getting at that you actually can't see it until you believe. And and you know the other theme that that's very important in Elf is is the fact that Elf was adopted. Elf Elf was misplaced, ended up in Santa's uh, workshop and played by Bob Newhart as his father. <laughs> his father. Right. But you know um he was out of place, he was adopted and he came back and he believed that he was going to find his dad despite the fact that his dad was kind of at the beginning kind of like totally rejecting. But his belief was stronger than anything else. <laughs> you know, what's funny is like we're talking about quote-unquote classics. Elf's not that old. No, it's John not. Favreau directed it's it. It's what, 2003 or four or something like that? But it's- as you say in your blog, a classic is what Dempsey said. Yeah. Fortunately, he's from Philly, which right. me too. Right, my old teacher. And he said a classic is something that's timeless, that, right. that lasts forever. It does. It does, which, of course, brings us to the final movie on our list. Right, and that's It's a Wonderful Life, which I 
It's my sister's favorite movie, and I figured out why because I I saw it again. You know, it was a bizarre situation because the whole weekend I was kind of I was downloading all these different versions of Old Lang Syne, not realizing that that was exactly what happens at the end of the movie. But it is so amazingly well done, and. You know, the themes about, you know, well, what, what Clarence's guardian angel says, remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Right. And the whole mission that community, friendship, really supersedes everything else about the holidays. Yeah, I, I got a confession. I had not seen that movie until this weekend. Really? I had never seen I'd oh, seen my. a lot of Jimmy Stewart. I'd never seen that movie. I, and then I watched it, and then I watched it again. It's it's fantastic. And there's little hidden gems in there, too. Like, what's the name of the policeman and the cab driver? Bert and Ernie. Bert, so just, no, I'm, I'm not saying Sesame Street did that on purpose, but it's they did. hard. Did they? Do we know that for a fact? No, I don't know for a fact, but it it, it seems pretty obvious. I, to I, it's, just, it's such a great movie. It's funny. It's sweet. Those lines, these famous lines, I didn't even know where they came from. You want the moon? I'll give you the moon. Moon. It, that movie makes lasso, the lasso the I will moon. lasso the moon and bring it down for you. For Mary, is, her name's Mary, I think is her name? Yes, Mary. Yeah, which Donna course, Reed. Which is, of course, appropriate. Which actually brings us, you know, the fact that it's Mary brings us to this interesting question. We're, we're talking about classic movies to watch with your family. They are all Christian-themed movies in some way, right? I mean, they're around Christmas. Is that is that a problem? It was a problem for me a little bit in Charlie Brown because it was a little too literal. But listen, the themes... You mean the, quoting from the quoting, Bible directly? Quoting, <laughs> quoting directly from the Bible. But you know, the themes of giving, of friendship, of putting others before yourself, of the meaning of community and relationships and being together, you know, I don't care what religion or what orientation we're talking about. Those are really important. And that's what makes the holidays great, whether it's Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, you name it. It's just, it's it's what makes communities and all of us come together. It's the ties that bind us. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. You know, so I sort of threw that question out there to be a little bit controversial. I don't think there's a controversy here. It's awfully hard to argue with coming together and taking care of each other. I mean, right. that's, that's a timeless message. Well... Watch the movies and watch others, and please comment on them. Yeah, if you have suggestions, give us more movies to watch, too. We, we are building a list. We'll post it online. That's great. Well, okay. I'm Gene Bereson. And I'm Steve Schlossman. Thanks. Thanks.